Thank you for listening to Fearless LA. We believe that where love is greater, fear is less. Tune in today to hear a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Jeremy Johnson. Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 3 says this, They said to me, those who survived the exile are back. Somebody say, I'm back. Come on, touch your neighbor if you've survived and say, I'm back. Come on, do we have anyone that's back today? Do we have anyone that's back from fear this year? Do we have anyone that's back from last year you gave into some things and this year you're letting the devil know, hey, I just need to let you know you're letting the world know. You're letting your friends know. You're letting yourself. Sometimes you got to let yourself know. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to serve notice on your own self. Have you ever had to do that? I'm just letting you know I'm back. Have you ever just gone forward and then somehow you went backward? You know, uh, I've flown on a lot of planes recently 10 flights this month and uh when i was 30 years old i was definitely afraid of flying i was definitely afraid of a lot of things in fact you and people and anything to do with what we're doing now and god broke that spirit of fear off me and um i went on this one plane flight and out of nowhere i mean i'm doing great i'm chilling when other people are looking sick i'm like we're rolling, I would pop in rap music and the beat, is, if the plane would do this, I'd just, and something about, something shifted in my life when fear was broken off my life. I literally was no longer afraid. I, I, I would go on the same planes and, and, and I was the same person on the same planes, but, but God had shifted my perspective. Uh, I, I wanna tell you this before we go any further. God wants to shift your perspective. He wants to give you a new perspective on the same old thing. Uh, as, as we were flying today, uh, and, and there's been moments where that fear has tried to come back. Uh, just recently, I was, I was riding on a plane uh, with Ben from Columbia, and out of nowhere, the plane like dipped, like, like full on dipped, like we're on a roller coaster. I don't know how far down we went, but it felt like we were going to hell in eternity. You know, it felt like we were just diving, like we were, it, nothing, that the engines must have shut off or, or something. And I'm, people around us are screaming, you know, that, I mean, you don't want to hear that when you're on a plane. And uh, that fear came knocking on my door again. And since then, uh, there's been this, like, kind of like, to be honest, a little bit of a fear there. Whenever we, a bump hits again, I'm like, that's going to happen again. Oh, man, I, can't, I, can't, I don't know if I can handle that again. Or in my brain, if you're creative, you understand that the enemy will use your gift against you. Ever had your gift used against you? Like, I'm creative, so I can think of things. Like, I could imagine, like, I'm like Peter Pan. We could start eating, like, fake food. I mean, that, that, I can create stuff. I can think of stuff. My brain works like that. I, I, don't, I don't have a lot of IQ, but I have a lot of EQ. You know what I'm saying? Emotional intelligence. You understand? Do we, do we have any emotionally intelligent people in this room? Uh, you know, <laughs> it is a real thing. I know you're laughing at me, but it is a real thing. Uh, I will beat you in a test. Any, no, just play No. But uh, this amazing gift God gave me to create, the enemy will use to manipulate my future and my destiny and, and portray something that's not real. And then I'm living in something I'm never gonna have to experience, but I have to live in fear all the way through. Uh, a little while ago, we had our kids out with, uh, 
with the fireworks and they were going off and my daughter was scared. She, every time she heard of the fireworks, she would get scared. And I remember just, I had this word for her. I looked at her, she's, she's three years old. And I said, honey, you don't have to be scared. Like you can choose not to be scared or you can choose to be scared in this situation. And, and as a dad, it was easy to say that, but from her perspective, it didn't matter how much I said that, what she believed overpowered what I said. And so I was just flying on this plane this week and I took Lyric with me and it was so much better taking her with me because I was like, I, my mind was on other things, right? And I'm flying and my mind's on other things. I'm not thinking about if we're gonna go down, I'm not thinking about is this plane old? I'm, I'm just being real with you, is that okay? And so you, sometimes you go f ahead and then you feel like you're being drugged back, like, like the, someone's trying to put chains back on you and you're like, no, no, I'm, I'm past this. Like, I already defeated this. I already walked past this. And, and, and then as we're flying this, this flight, I'm sitting there, Lyric's asleep, and I'm sitting there, and this happens on this flight. I see this fly flying around inside the airplane. And I'm thinking, what the heck is that fly doing up here in the air? And I'm thinking, he just hijacked this plane. And he's just landing on people. And he's like 10, 000, you know, 30,000 feet in the air. Just, just no, no pressure, no stress. He's just, he's just hanging out, bugging people, pestering people, doing his thing. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit tells me this. He says, that is you inside of my love. He said, if you will cocoon yourself inside of who I am, then you will be in environments that you shouldn't be able to handle and you will have no pressure. You will be in environments. Look, I, I just, sometimes when God shifts your perspective, all of a sudden it changes everything. Because now, if I'm cocooned in his love, then I could be in places where I normally would be afraid and normally would not survive, but because I am wrapped in him, So I want to tell the devil, I'm back. I, I want to let him know that I believe that this year we have been cocooned in his love. And I want to tell you, I want to let you know, no matter what chains they keep putting on you. So sometimes you got to say it to yourself, I'm back. I got a new perspective on the same old thing. A perspective will change everything. Please be careful reading the Bible with the wrong perspective. Because your pretext will give you a new context. Uh, if you come with a pretext, uh, see, that's why we got to come to the Bible empty. We got to come to the Bible hungry. We got to come to God. God, I, I don't know anything and you know everything. I, I'm not talking about your mind falling out. I'm talking about actually putting on the mind of Christ and saying, I know nothing and you know everything. Holy Spirit, this is how we should come to church. You know what, Pastor? If you pull out John 3 16, I'm going to find something in it to grow because I'm hungry. I'm desperate. I want more. I pray that this would be like a, a bunch of sharks and I would just hang a little piece of chicken over the, over the edge and I have to pull it back because you're so hungry for coming to this text. But if you come with your own pretext, the context will not transform your life. And you will leave with the same perspective that you had when you came in. 
And God has not called you to live on ground level. He's called you to soar with the eagles, baby. He's called you to get a new perspective. My prayer when you leave this place is that you're floating. Because when you float like a butterfly, you can sting like a bee. I I pray that you leave this place floating on the presence of God. I pray that you leave this place with a whole new perspective of the same old thing. The thing doesn't have to change. I have to change my viewpoint. And the word wants to give you a new viewpoint today. They survived the exile and they were back in the providence. But they were back in great trouble and disgrace. For the walls of Jerusalem were broken down. Touch your neighbor and say they were broke. (laughs) Anybody broken here? Okay. The walls of Jerusalem were broke and its gates had been burned in fire. Verse number four, when I heard this, Nehemiah said, I heard these things. I sat down and I wept for some days. I mourned and I fasted and I prayed before the God of heaven. Then I said, O Lord God of heaven, and how awesome God who keeps his covenants of love with those who love him and obey his commands. Let your ears be attentive and your eyes be open. Hear the prayer of your servant is praying before you this day and night. The people of Israel, I confess the sins of Israel, including myself and my father's house, have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly towards you. We have not obeyed the commands and decrees and the laws you gave your servants Moses. Nehemiah says, we got free from exile, but when we went back, to where we got free to go back to, it wasn't like we left it. They were captured 70 years earlier. Their gates were burned, their walls were plummeted. The fountains of beauty of Jerusalem were flipped upside down, their temples were destroyed, their wives, were raped, their sons were taken captive, their friends were killed, and they were taken into slavery again. Remember who they were? 400 years in slavery to Egypt. God sets them free. Moses, they fight through the desert 40 years. Joshua takes the promised land. The walls of Jericho fall. The giants start dying, and they take over in the promised land. They're in the promised land. They're where they were promised to be, but in the promised land, they started worshiping the gods of the land. (laughs) And God won't share your praise with anyone. So God allowed the hedges of protection to come down and their enemies to capture them. And they were captured and taken away and for 70 years they were slaves again. Have you ever been a slave again? (laughs) You just let it in a little, in a little bit, in a tiny bit, and pretty soon before you know it, everything you've worked so hard to have is now gone. And you're taken captive all, I know this ain't a shouting word because if you shout you might, you might reveal that you're a real person uh, with real problems and you don't wanna do that because then people will know that you're not the fake person you've been making out to be. 
But, but God wants to touch the real you tonight. He wants to touch the real me tonight. He can only transform the person that says, God, I'm tired of going back. You say, how can you say that? Because I told you that I returned to my vomit as well. Because it's what we do. But good thing, love is what he does. Good thing he doesn't ever, ever leave us or forsake us, that even in bondage, he's preparing us for our next stage. And they get back. They finally are released from bondage again, and they get back to what they've dreamed about. They can't wait to get back. And when they get there, all that's left is rubble. They get back to what they worked so hard for, and their gates have been burned, their temples have been destroyed, and they begin to rebuild from nothing. Have you ever had to rebuild from nothing? Ah, the first thing they start with is their temple. But what they learn soon is that it's not just about praising behind enemy lines. Uh, that, that we are in a real fight. Because they built their temple to worship, but they neglected their walls to, for protection. And they worshiped all day, and they were attacked all night. You see, when we got here, we started building the temple, and we didn't realize the attack that comes with building the temple. We didn't understand we were going to have to fight through attacks in our finances, in our health. We, we thought we'd just take this ground, and the devil would just give up willingly. We thought he would just go, oh, cool, you're here? Okay, I'll just step out of the way. God bless you. You see, this Bible's full of kings and monarchs and people of God that they were, they were fighting people. I, what am I telling you tonight? I'm telling you this tonight. We are not just a body. We are not just a bride. We're not just a family. We're not just a hospital. We're an army. Touch your neighbor and say, welcome to the army. Come on, touch your other neighbor behind you and say, welcome to the army. Come on, touch the neighbor behind you and say, strap up, soldier. Come on, get ready, soldier. Come on, put your bootstraps on. Come on, tighten up, soldier. You see, see, in the modern church today, we've forgotten that the church is an army. We used to have songs about it back in the day. Uh, I'm trying to remember one. I'm <laughs> Shoot the... Uh, yeah, I mean, just it was just weird songs. I mean, just weird, strange. Fly over the enemy, because I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. But now we're just, we're just in the, we're just in the uh, kumbaya camp. We're just in the everything's great camp. Everything's awesome camp. Everything is awesome. Right? But how many of you guys know that when you got saved, <laughs> Everything didn't just get awesome. <laughs> you're like, you're like, you know, you came in, you're like floating into work. Your boss cusses you out. You're, you, you don't hear cuss words. You just hear, I love you. You're awesome. You're amazing. Fat just fell off your body. You didn't have to work out. <laughs> Praise the Lord for that. That would be awesome. <laughs> Fry that fat in Jesus' name. Everybody be getting saved if that happened. Got a new weight loss program. Come give your life to Jesus. Amen. Get this bottle of oil. <laughs> we still talk like everything's awesome because how you doing? I'm doing great, brother. <laughs> What's that on your face? <laughs> it's a smile. 
I'm crying on the inside, but it's a smile because we only got 10 minutes and we can't really talk about the real stuff because all we do is go to church together. But if we're an army, we got to fight together. Paul said it like this, not against each other, with each other, for each other. We got to fight together on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. Look, this has got to be more than the pastor here answering the calls of the people. This has got to be the people standing with each other, arm in arm. This is called the good fight of faith. Amen? Anybody in the good fight of faith in this room? And Nehemiah said, I, I can't handle it. I can't handle being in the king's palace with this job I have. I've been, I've been honored to be the cupbearer for the king. I, I've been given, I've been taken out of the, the rows of the prison brackets and, 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 and I've been given this place in the palace. But I, I can't stand that my family is sitting in pain while I sit in joy. And so while he's in perfect peace with walls surrounding him, protected day and night, he weeps for someone who is hurting with no walls. Can we tap into that again? Can we find a way to get into the shoes of somebody else? Can we find a way when we finally made it to not be so caught up in making it? You know what's crazy is that God never calls you to pray a prayer he doesn't call you to answer. Be careful praying a prayer like God. Huh. Change skid row. And God's like, great, I'm gonna do it. You ready? Yeah, uh, yeah, you do it, God. I'm waiting for you. No, I'm waiting for you. I don't got anything. You got $5 in your pocket, don't you? God will never allow you to pray a prayer that you can answer without answering it. This is the dangerous thing about prayer because prayer takes something that's on the outside and puts it on the inside. You know why I'm in LA? Because I started praying for our culture to change because I was sick and tired of seeing our teenagers get wrapped up in the culture that was being produced in LA. And I said, God, change our culture. God, change our music industry. God, change the movies. And he goes... Amen. You ready? He doesn't care what your job is right now. He's going to give you what you need to do what you're praying for. He began to weep for these people. And then the Bible says this. The Nehemiah shows up. The king, he asked the king, can I, can I go do this? My, my people, they've, they've, there's a rim that's returned and they're not protected. They're not protected day or night. They need to rebuild their walls. And he said, I'll send you. So he sends it, but he only gives them a, a short amount of time to do it in. So the Bible in Nehemiah chapter four says that Nehemiah goes, and I'm, I don't have a timer up there, so I'm just gonna read this, and if anyone needs to leave, I don't, what time is it? I have nine minutes. Oh, it's over there. There you go, thank you, thank you, Matt. And it's white, it's not red yet. Okay, praise the Lord. So to make a long story short, I don't have time to read it, but in Nehemiah chapter four, it's so powerful. You have to go read it later. Nehemiah chapter four, verse one. This is your homework. It's fun homework. 
is your cooking homework. You go cook this up and eat it this week. Nehemiah chapter four, verse one through 23. I'm gonna explain it shortly. Nehemiah goes back and he, and he just has a few people and he starts rallying people. He starts going, we gotta rebuild the wall. We can't keep worshiping and not start building. We, this is not just about us praising. This is also about us, about protect. We gotta, we gotta do both. And so they start rebuilding the wall and the people in the town start mocking him. They start calling him names. They, uh, there's a guy named Sandoval that goes, that starts saying, hey, that wall is so dumb. This is how stupid it gets. I mean, this is like Bible, uh, you know, uh, sarcasm. He said, if, if, if a fox climbed on that wall, it would fall like rubble. Your wall is so dumb. This, this, this is what's happening. And as they're building, the sarcasm increases and, and, and the, the people around start getting angry because uh, people like you to be caged in. People like you to be where you're at. They, if, you start, if you start actually growing and you start building again and you start transforming, there will be people in your life that will stand on the outside and they'll try to pull you back to where you were. Have you ever had someone like that? You know why? Because they're convicted by your progress. They're convicted by you growing. You know, when a pastor tells me, I can't believe you would plant a church in downtown LA. I mean, it's so dark down there. It's so bad. Like, why? You know what? Know what they're telling me? They're screaming, I'm insecure and convicted by your passion and pursuit and belief in Jesus. Because doesn't Jesus work anywhere? So you're telling me you're giving me a list of why Jesus doesn't work somewhere? Doesn't he work everywhere? Isn't he the light in a dark place? So people will, they'll try to pull you back. Look, as soon as you get the naysayers, here's what I want to tell you. You're on the right path, baby. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep building, keep moving. Right? Have you heard their voices? Of those that are convicted by your progress? The haters? They start saying it. But you know what's crazy is they never actually touched Nehemiah. They just kept throwing words. Do you understand it's always been a battle of words? All the enemy has is words. But the bad thing about words is they're dangerous. If they get planted in your mind, you'll start living them out. Have you ever started living out someone else's words? I've had so many people come to this church from other churches that, that their church was dysfunctional and they felt the need to leave like, like a real need. I mean, we've had people that they're dysfunctional coming to our church. It wasn't the pastor, it was them. But there, there's other people that their church was a little bit dysfunctional they, they, it just, or, or it was just time to go. And I've had so many people come and say, man, I have this, my pastor released me, but he put this negative word on me. If you leave here, you'll never do it. If you, if you move on from here, you'll never do it. And, and you know what's funny is I can see them trying to outlive that word. Trying, trying to prove that that word's not right. Have you ever had to live your life trying to prove that someone else's word was wrong? Look, can I tell you this? As a believer, we have nothing to prove. Look, I have nothing to prove to you. I don't need to grow a big church because someone said I couldn't. I'm just gonna be faithful to the call that God put on my life. I'm gonna live out His word over me. Some of you are still trying to outlive the word of your family that said you shouldn't be in LA doing what you're doing. Come home, it's easier. 
You'll never be able to afford a house there. You'll never be able to live there. You'll never be able to survive. And you're trying to outlive that word, so you put up Instagram posts. Look at this new uh, position I got in a new movie. It's not really a cool one, but you're just like trying to make it look better than it is because you want to outlive the word that was spoken over you. Look, can I tell you this? Be you. Quit worrying about everybody else. Quit worrying about their words. Quit giving their words life. Don't let anybody have that much power over you. They're throwing words and Nehemiah keeps building. He keeps building because all the enemy's trying to do is get you off of what you're in front of. And the more he tries to pull you off, the more you should focus. Okay, good, I'm going the right way. This must be the right pattern. If there's a storm, okay, this is the perfect place. Uh, this is exactly where I need to be. And they start building and building and building. And then, and then as the words keep coming, some of the own people start getting discouraged because they're hearing that they're going to attack them in the middle of the night. As they're building, they're going to attack them. So Nehemiah says this. He goes, okay, here's what we're going to do. I need a hammer. Who has my hammer? I need a hammer and I need a sword. Come here, Matt. Come here. Come back up here. Come up here. You're going to keep building. Don't stop building because that's what the enemy wants you to do. Don't stop building because that's what he'd love you to do. But in this hand, I'm going to give you a sword. And I want you to build. And at any moment the enemy comes, you be ready to fight. I want you to keep building, but I want you to be ready to fight. You're going to have to build. You're going to have to be a builder and a fighter at the same time. Now look, this is what, this is what I'm, I'm trying to tell you today. To do what we're called to do in these last days, to stand in the gap and build up the wall on behalf of our generation, we're gonna have to be builders and fighters. You're not just gonna be able to be a builder in these last days because if you're building and not being attacked, I wonder if you're building anything that upsets the enemy's kingdom. I'm trying to be mean, but I'm just saying, if you're building and not being attacked, but if you're being attacked and you're not building, maybe you're spending too much time fighting the enemy and missing out on what God's really called you to do. Look, I want you to be a builder and a fighter, not a fighter and a builder. I want you to first build. The point is not us fighting the enemy. We don't, we don't need them. Look, the Bible says about Jesus, he says, he says, I seen the devil fall like lightning. You know how fast lightning is? Thunder finally catches up. It's faster than sound. It, boom, and then the sound comes. He said, don't rejoice that the devil fell like lightning, but rejoice that your name has been written in the Lamb's book of life. Look, we're not here. We're not here to just fight the devil. Like our, our prayer meetings that we have aren't to just have prayer meetings. Like we just want to get mad at the devil and yell at him devil you can't have downtown no 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 we're we're building and we're fighting we're building if we're not building why are we fighting but if we're gonna build we're gonna have to fight and then he says this you're gonna build and you're gonna fight you're gonna stand and he said you're gonna some are gonna build during the day and and stand guard at night build during the day and say why because this wall has to get completed and the bible says that as they begin to as they begin to close up as they begin to close up the gaps, the enemy got more angry. 
What, what is closing up the gaps? This is what I asked the Lord. What does closing up the gaps mean for us? I believe it's when their walls started connecting. Like you're building your dream. And then all of a sudden you, you look over and there's Victor. And somehow one brick overlaps and the other brick overlaps and you start closing up the gaps. I feel like the enemy gets really angry when we start closing up the gaps of division as the walls, look, some of us are just building these walls in the middle of nowhere. No family, no friends, no, no, no. We're, we gotta build together. We got, we're actually building something together. And the enemy hates when we go like this. Arm in arm, hand in hand. They said the enemy got even more mad. So he said, we're gonna add something to it. We're gonna add the trumpet. And he said, we're gonna fight together. Because as they begin to close up the gaps, they begin to spread out from others. Certain people were further away and certain people were working to clo closer together. Two by two, they went out. Wherever there's two are gathered together in my name, I am there with them. They, they were fighting together, building together, but they were spread out from the other army. And he said this, he said, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna put trumpets on stations. And if you're, there's a fight against your wall, you come grab the trumpet blower. And the trumpet blower will stand at the place in your wall and he's gonna sound the alarm. And if you hear the trumpet blast, I want you to leave your wall and come fight where the battle is. This is what I feel like we don't do in church. We are very good at building our wall. And then we're good at sometimes working together. But like when we go through stuff, we go into hiding. It's like, hey, where you been for like six months? I was just going through some stuff. Why are you going through some stuff alone? How are you gonna survive going through stuff alone? And, and look, we've all said it, I've said it, you've said it. Not to be putting anyone down, we've all said it, but why do we keep saying it? We gotta we got start thinking again. We gotta start asking the Lord, Lord, elevate my, my perspective. Give me a new pretext to have a new context. Look, we can't do this thing alone, folks. If you're going through stuff, this is the time where you need this family the most. That's why I'm so proud of you, because you're here in church. You could be at a bar getting drunk and getting high tonight and trying to wash away your problems only to find the toilet the next day. But you say, you know what? This is painful and this is hard, but I'm blowing the trumpet. I need a family. I need people to come fight with me because I can't fight alone. I'm tired of fighting alone. And here's the, when you blow the trumpet, people go, hey, there it is. You know why we're gonna fight together? Because if they break down your wall, they've broken down my wall. It's the same wall. Why a trumpet? Because a trumpet is alarming. When a trumpet sounds, it forces you to listen. Why a trumpet? Because it was Gideon who blew a trumpet and the armies that were against God got so shocked and so thrown into confusion, they started killing each other. When we blow the trumpet called worship, when they blow the trumpet called I need to praise God right now, when we blow the trumpet, we send our enemy into confusion in his camp. He's alarmed. You want to stop the fight? Blow the trumpet. And all of a sudden, people will rush to your side.
The Bible says they finished the wall at exactly the time that God had promised. We're building and we're fighting. We're an army. I'm not excited to be an army. No one gets excited after they've really been in the army to go to war. War is not exciting. It's a necessity. It's not exciting. Look, we, we don't need to be so pumped up to fight the devil. I can't wait to fight the devil. Ah, I hate the devil. No, no. Why are you focusing on the devil? He's an idiot. Let's focus on God. Let's build. And if we got to fight him, let's fight him together. Let's blow the trumpet in Zion and let our king know. Look, can I tell you this? The Bible says where two or more are gathered together in my name, I am there with them. And God starts fighting for you in the gap, in the wall. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to lift my hands. I'm ready to praise. I'm ready to worship. No matter the pain, no matter the hurt. Jesus, you're good. You're good, God. You're good, God. You're good, God. Spirit is protecting our walls. He's guarding our walls because the Holy Spirit is not a brick wall. He's a wall of fire. And nothing gets through fire. And as we begin to worship, we begin to take our hand off of working and fighting. And we just say, God, this is the greatest thing we could do. Look, when you're in pain, the greatest thing you can do is stop building, stop fighting, and blow the trumpet. Stop building, stop fighting, and blow the trumpet. And aid comes. Right? There's been some times in my life. Look, our daughter, she had a febrile seizures and she would literally turn blue, like stop breathing. And I remember a time in our house, my wife is holding her and I'm running everywhere screaming and she's turning blue and I'm going to the neighbor's house, I'm shaking doors, I'm trying to find help. And I just fell to my knees and I just started crying out to God, God, I need you. I don't even know what to say. I don't know what to do, but I need your help right now. This is what it looks like to blow the trumpet. Look, blowing the trumpet looks messy. It's an instrument of war, right? It's not, a, it's not, a, it's not just an instrument now that in this Bible that we see today, like in marching bands. It was an instrument of war. It was a moment when they blew this trumpet. It was a, it was a moment saying, God, we are desperate. This is, this is the kind of worship that has to come out of us when we're in a place of hurting and our walls are being attacked. Do we have anyone in this room? You'd say, you know what? I feel like there's an attack on what I've been trying to build. I, whether it's an attack of words, whether, you know, because look, in the Bible right here, they never actually physically attacked them. It was always just words. Have you been being attacked with words? Maybe, maybe it's so weird because it was like when you're a five and you're like, I am so not, I shouldn't be messed up by that, but I am. 
you're being attacked, you don't have to go through this alone. You're being attacked by dreams, the wrong dreams. You've, God's been, you've been given creativity, but the devil's been using it against you. He's been manipulating the plan of God for your life, saying you're not gonna make it, you're just gonna always be like this. Oh yeah, that wasn't really God that you heard, that, that great call, that wasn't it. Your finances are gonna dry up, you're gonna get sick. This is gonna be everybody's story. If you've been hearing these words, why don't you just lift your hand and say, that's me, I'm blowing my trumpet. I'm blowing my trumpet. God, I need some help. I need, I need to fight with somebody else. I can't, I can't, I wanna fight alone. Now, if, if you're next to someone that's lifting up their hands, would you run to them? Come on, can we run around our family that's lifting their hands? Maybe you both are lifting your hands. You just grab the person's hand. We're gonna fight together tonight. We're gonna blow the trumpet together and we're gonna fight in this place. We're gonna war in this place. We're gonna shut the enemy's voice down. We pray right now, Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening. If you have something that you need prayer for, we would love to pray for you. Visit fearlessla.com slash fearless TV to fill out a prayer request or find more information about Fearless Church.